Hello, I'm Dave Monaco, the Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal. Thank you for listening to the From My Angle podcast. In this episode, I welcome noted educator, researcher, and author Denise Pope. For almost 20 years, Denise has been a lecturer at Stanford University's Graduate School of Education. During that time, she has become a leading voice, calling for an educational model that elevates student engagement and prioritizes student well-being. Her 2001 book, Doing School, How We Are Creating a Generation of Stressed Out, Materialistic, and Miseducated Students, was her doctoral dissertation and quickly elevated her as a leading voice for educational reform. Her most recent work, Overloaded and Underprepared, represents her ongoing effort against the prevailing culture of achievement and perfectionism to rethink the school experience for our children. We were fortunate to have Dr. Pope with us on the parish campus in August, where she workshopped with our faculty, spent time with academic leaders, and presented to parents and board members. In this short podcast, we reviewed a few of the highlights from her time with us. Dr. Denise Pope, welcome to the From My Angle podcast. I'm so glad to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Dr. Pope, uh, noted researcher, close to two decades at Stanford's Graduate School of Education. Uh, your first book, uh, Doing School, came out in 2001, and you have really, in that time, been studying the perspective that our students, especially students in competitive college preparatory programs, are bringing to school. Uh, and that's what you and I share, a perspective that, uh, that uh, the model is not treating our kids particularly well. So let's talk a little bit about that. What, do you, what do you, have you found in your research uh, that the student experience is when they're coming to our, especially high schools these days? Right. Well, one of the things I found, and I found this way back in 2001, is that kids are, in their words, doing school. Mm -hmm. So they may not be um, learning exactly the way we want them to learn and retaining information. They're going through the motions. They're raising their hand even if they don't know the answer. They're cutting corners. They're playing the game because there's so much work to do and so little time and because they think the stakes are so high. Yeah, I call it the uh, achievement outcome fixation that uh, students have fallen susceptible to. And I think you can actually trace it, and I've done this in our community, back to 1983, the birth of the U.S. News and Report college placement list. It moves through uh, the uh, the onboarding of technology, which allowed rapid applications electronically to schools, which ratcheted it up the number of applications. I use your school, Stanford, frequently. Yeah. You know, 19,000 applications 20 years ago, now over 43 applications, you know, and the percentages of students they've taken are diminishing, yeah. right, into less than 5%. We so all have... these pressures have fed this notion to just focus on the outcome and not the right. process. Right. Yeah. We only have so many beds at Stanford, right? The, right. So, and here's the irony. Everyone who wants to go to college will get into a college. Yep. And um, we have a paper coming out that's going to be very exciting where we talk about that, that the rankings and kind of debunk the rankings. But Because uh, where you go, as Frank Bruni says, is not, not who you'll be. be. And it's just a beautiful, um, beautiful addition to the book. So we at Parish, as, as our community of listeners know, are, are in this initiative called Reimagine School. Because I mean, we think, um, as, as you've just intimated, that engagement should not diminish. You know, I say around here all the time, I want our 18-year-olds be as excited coming to school as your eight-year-olds. And that's not how it is. It's not that way at Parish the way I wish it were, and it's not that way across the country for sure. So I love your ABCs of engagement. So let's just briefly walk through what engaged learning looks like when you talk about it from an affective standpoint, a behavioral standpoint, and a cognitive standpoint. Right. So the affective uh, engagement is really about joy. 
it's it's joy excitement you you want to be there you're excited to be there the behavioral the b is what most kids who are high achieving do. They, they, they turn in the work, they do the work, they're good little soldiers. Uh, they may not be enjoying it, they may not have the A, but they're behaviorally engaged. The C is cognitively engaged. That means you see the value in what you're doing, you see the purpose in it, you get it. And what we're after is full engagement, the A, the B, and the C. Right, because that C is what most of you that are adults are listening to understand, where you memorized your two weeks of uh, grammar and English vocabulary words to be able to spit them back on the test the Friday two weeks hence, and then forget a good portion of that after you were done. So learning really to be powerful learning needs to be transferable and enduring. And so how do you create learning conditions that do that? And again, for us, and I know it is for you, uh, with the work that you've done at Challenge Success, the organization that uh, that you founded at Stanford is around student autonomy. It's around student voice and choice to create uh, that kind of natural engagement that comes with having some autonomy over over your work. It's about meaningful, authentic tasks that have some relevance or connection to the work uh, that uh, goes on in the in the real world. Uh, and it's about assessment that's not uh, essentially uh, punitive and, and stakes-based. No, exactly right? the opposite. Assessment should tell you how to get from here to here. Yes. It's supposed to help you learn, right? Yes. And be very specific and timely. It's that feedback loop that we all need. And that's not, that's not what usually happens with assessment. When usually, you know, I'm an English teacher uh, by trade. They would flip to the back of the paper, skip over all my comments and feedback, and just look at the grade. Right. Yeah. That's not what we mean by effective assessment these days. No, and I think for most of us in our analog or, or sort of past paradigm of school, it's paper and pencil test and essay. Right. Right. Where we at Parish are moving, and I know that you extol, is to performance. Absolutely. Right. Demonstration of mastery of curricular targets. And so, uh, you know, here we are well into the uh, well into the process of articulating what I call our curriculum interstate, our along which students should progress. And just as you and I drive at different speeds along that interstate, our students should be able to move along it as they can demonstrate through performance mastery of those targets and again we call it the goldilocks zone right right you know when you're when you're when you're challenged not too not too easy not too hard right. but just right that's another critical factor to being engaged a hundred percent and that's really hard to do with a teacher with a bunch of different kids right and all sorts of learning differences and personality differences and different things going on at home and yep. sleep deprivation that's really hard to do but that's that's the sign of a really excellent curriculum and an excellent school yeah and an aspiring school to try to figure that out so that's what brought you to dallas today yes. you were here working with our faculty on one component of of reimagine we're looking at all the apparati of school we're looking at uh how curriculum is articulated and and how it's how it's uh, paced we're looking at how we schedule and, and use time throughout the course of the of the day we're looking at talent and how we uh, get teachers to the right spot but we're also looking at grading and assessment so, you know, in a nutshell, for the non-educator, you know, who might be listening, what, what is it that you were trying to get at today with the faculty members here uh, at Parish? Two main things for today, which is a lot of us have our curriculum, and as teachers, we have what we're used to assessing, and we don't realize that it may not be aligned with what we really want kids to understand. So if I'm giving a vocab test or I'm giving a plot summary test, that's not really why I'm teaching the novel. There's a much bigger, deeper, enduring understanding that I'm trying to get after, and that's harder to assess, and we tend not to assess that way. So that one point is to make sure that your curriculum and your assessments are aligned, mm-hmm. that you're really assessing what you want to assess. Right. And then the second point is, are there ways to get that assessment to be much more effective mm-hmm. in and of itself? 
itself? Can we, as you said, make it a performance-based assessment? Can we realize that talking to kids and interviewing them and conferencing them and seeing them talk through how they're solving problems is just as effective assessment as maybe given a, a paper and pencil test. Um, and, and performance assessments, watching what kids can actually do and apply is gonna show us that they've actually learned it as opposed to guessing on a multiple choice test where we don't know if they've really learned it or they've guessed or they did a little silly mechanical issue and that's why they got the, the answer wrong. Right, I mean you, talk, you, you used the, <clears throat> the metaphor today with faculty of getting to the yolk of the egg, really yes. getting to that uh, rich, uh, vibrant, um, uh, challenging uh, assessment that really unpacks for a, a faculty member uh, a clarity that the curriculum that we've articulated has been mastered by the student, right? And exactly. that they just they sh they should be able to move when when they're ready to that they're ready to do that. So it was good hearty work and a long day for for you. So again, I appreciate your time here on the sure. on the podcast. But you know, this is not a singular effort. I mean, schools don't operate in a vacuum. You know, so you you've concluded some time this afternoon. I think speaking to, to parents and and the and the parent role around uh, uh, helping helping uh, schools and partnering with their school uh, to produce a young person that has this uh, this sense of balance or, or mental wellness. So, you know, if you were to pick out you know two or three of the top um, uh, recommendations that you would leave a parent sure. to say, take a look at these practices in your home uh, and, and, and see where you are on them yeah. to contribute to this work raising uh, well students, mentally well students, what, what would those two or three things be? We have a mnemonic aid at Challenge Success called PDF mm -hmm. and that comes from looking at the protective factors for mm -hmm. kids, what the research says parents really right. ought to do. And it turns out that playtime, downtime, and family time, PDF, are really, really important. So my, I, would, I would encourage parents to think about is there time for unstructured free play? Not extracurriculars, up, you know, 24-7, yes. but where is that kid-driven playtime? And what does that look like for a young kid and an older kid? Mm -hmm. And can you encourage downtime? And sleep is so important, mm -hmm. and so many kids are mm -hmm. not getting the sleep they need. Right. And, and honestly, I think the world would be a different place if everybody got the sleep they needed, right. adults included. Yep. And then the F is family time. And again, I think we think we're spending a lot of time as a family, but we're really spending a lot of time being busy together as opposed to sitting, having a meal, having real conversations, reflecting, um, asking questions of kids that have nothing to do with grades or college or schoolwork, but have everything to do with the kind of people you want them to be and the values you're espousing in your family. So those that would be my you know time for play, mm -hmm. real play, authentic play that mm -hmm. they are choosing to do downtime, time to um, think and ponder and sleep mm -hmm. and tinker and, and family time. Yeah, those are two great uh, mnemonics, uh, the, the ABCs of engagement and the, and the PDF of, 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 uh, of, of really how you should be looking at your child as, uh, as, as you work with them in their home. And again, I, I would concur in, in wrapping this up around uh, evaluating the implicit and explicit messages we communicate. So for us, for example, as a school, you know, it means that we, we, don't, we don't celebrate or, or sort of rank uh, our, our graduating senior class by number of graduates that make X types of colleges. Right. right? That, right. That's, a, that's a decision that, that schools can make in terms of how they publicize uh, a very um, easy uh, lore to prospective parents, uh, which is the college placement list. Or AP's percentage scores, right. you know these types of things. So we eschew that because we know that that sends a very explicit message to our community about what we value. And then the questions we ask here uh, about our kids, which are implicit, or the things we celebrate that connotate that who they are as a quality individual are in some way f fixed to their achievement. 
And in homes, we do this too, uh, sometimes by the messages that, uh, that, that, that we send them. So these are, I think, great pieces of advice. And the great news for you listeners is, you know, it's like this is a short podcast and boy, we could talk for a lot longer. We certainly <laughs> could. Go to challengesuccess.org. Uh, there's a presentation video there that uh, Dr. Pope's done that you can uh, c- consume at your leisure. There are a tremendous number of uh, research- resources. She mentioned the white papers that are there on a variety of different uh, research-based topics around uh, where schooling should be moving today. So um, certainly we'll put them in the, the notes of the show, but we would uh, commend that site uh, to you. And uh, again, we're just um, tremendous thanks for you taking time out of your schedule to be in Dallas today with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. We're glad. Thank you so much. Safe travels home. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please rate the podcast and share it with those in your network. We will continue to explore educational innovation and the power of the parish experience in future episodes. I hope you will join us. Until next time, thank you for being with us from my angle.